0: Hey folks, Brian here. I want to thank each and every one of you who has been listening to Confessions of an Arcade Addict and I want to ask that if you haven't done so already please like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to it. That helps other people find the podcast. I do have other things coming up. uh, Various trips to arcades around the area and things of that nature and of course I'm going to try and Go back to Chicago in 2022, and with your help, I can actually do it. So please, like, rate, review, and subscribe, and if you're able to and you're inclined to do so, please contribute to the podcast in any way that you can. Uh, The easiest way is to go to anchor.fm slash COAA slash donate. I think that's the link, so... If you could help me out, I would much appreciate it, and that keeps me motivated to keep this podcast rolling past 100 episodes. I do have plans to do that, so let's see what we can do. Later. what's going on out there brian here and this is episode number 48 of the confessions of an arcade Attic podcast okay a uh, quick update um i know some of you guys saw the message i left on facebook i probably should have copied that over to instagram but i wasn't thinking at the time because i was sick <laughs> you know and i had covid as a matter of fact um basically long story short um, my son got it from uh, uh, either school or his uh, after-school therapy, and he brought it home, and it made its way around the house. Um, I was the last person to get it, which kind of figured, because I'm, I'm vaxxed, vaxed. I, I didn't get the booster shot yet. I was actually thinking about getting the booster shot that week, but once I tested positive that pretty much you know put a kibosh on that um, my uh, work put me on in- administrative leave for 10 days and I basically just stayed home and recovered and tried to keep you know keep the house up um, everything's better now I mean uh, my son is better I'm better I'm back at work now. Um, my girlfriend is still dealing with some things because she has respiratory issues and if she gets sick if she doesn't jump on it from moment one uh a common cold can turn into bronchitis never mind having covid so we're keeping an eye on that and we're pretty much doing everything that we need to be doing um my son has gone back to uh his therapy which is good because he he's missed it. He wants to go back to school, but um, school is off until January 3rd. So there's another week and about a little less than a week and a half before he goes back to school. So, you know, pretty much everybody is pretty much on the mend. So everything's cool. And I want to thank those people who took the time to respond to the message I left on Facebook and, um you know, just everything's doing okay, and, you know, now life is slowly starting to get back to normal. (laughs) As normal as my life ever gets, anyway. Okay, um, aside from that, of course, with me being home for 10 days, 12 days, you know, I couldn't go out. Well, I did not even want to consider going back to work at the arcade, so I basically had to tell them I was pretty much going to be off for two Saturdays. I wanted to make sure that I was 100%, you know, and definitely not contagious before I go back there, because like I've said uh, several times while I talk about the arcade, it is pretty close quarters in there. And I don't want to be ground zero for a super spreader event, because that's what it would be. Because there's very little room to social distance in that building so you know i immediately thought of it of course the first saturday i was like no i'm not going to go back to work and um i decided not to go back to work the second saturday because i haven't i wasn't you know um cleared to go back to my main job so i just wanted to do the responsible thing and that's what i did so that's pretty much the whole thing. Um, I am going to be working uh this coming Saturday. Um, I'm gonna try and get this thing out on Christmas day i'm gonna I'm thinking basically my thoughts are I'm going to do episodes forty eight and forty nine uh consecutively. I'm going to record forty nine tomorrow night and I'm going to put uh put them out of uh, Christmas day and probably Uh, Not the day after Christmas, 26th, probably that Monday, the 27th, because I'm working the arcade on that Sunday, and then I have to turn around and work at the hospital uh, Sunday night. So um, episode 49 will probably be out on Monday, the 27th, or at least I'm going to shoot for that. We'll see if I can get it done. Um, If not, it will definitely be be out that week. It will be out before New Year's Day. I can guarantee you that. Um so yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. Um gaming-wise, I've been when I wasn't too out of it, I've been playing BattleTech. I finally got um extended commander's edition uh to work on my game and it's ma- it's given that game a definite shot in the arm. Um, I could go into detail as to why, but let's just say that, you know, there are a lot more mechs to fight and combat, and you also get, you know, you also go up against the superior, uh, the technologically superior clans, which is a lot of fun, because um, not only am I having fun, you know, fighting them, but I'm also having fun salvaging their mechs and using them as our as uh my own um i'm having a lot of fun with it and i just found out like uh yesterday either yesterday or the day before that there's going to be an update for uh uh extended commander's edition so that's going to make it even more interesting as far as i'm concerned um this is a very very good mod for BattleTech, and um anybody who's uh playing that game who hasn't done so i highly recommend this mod there are other ones like rogue tech and uh 3062 uh battle tech advanced you know w- you know but those were they changed the game a little too much for me uh extended commander's edition or what's called uh bex uh that pretty much does it the way i like it you know and i'm a veteran of the actual Battletech dice-and-paper tabletop game, and I also have read a lot of the Battletech novels, so I'm fairly well-versed in the history and the lore of Battletech, and the people who have made this mod really paid attention to the lore, you know, and the history of what goes on in the Battletech universe from the year 3049 forward, um, and you know, that's when the clans invade uh, the inner sphere, um, and they start. They basically just take a massive chunk of the inner sphere because they're operating uh, technologically superior battle mechs, and it takes some really massive uh, heroics and massive firepower to stop the clans' advance. Um, otherwise it has swept all the way through the inner sphere where they came from, you know, outside the inner sphere, all the way through it, all the way to earth, which was what they wanted to do, which was to go back to the origins of man, you know, which was earth and they wanted to take it over, you know, and become, you know, basically be the rulers of the inner sphere. And of course the inner sphere more or less put their internecine politics aside and, you know, did what they could to fight the clans, and then there's just a stalemate for several years after that, you know, until the storyline started advancing again in like 3055 or 3057, somewhere around there. But anyway, I'm getting too too deep in the weeds. Needless to say, I really enjoy that game now. I mean, I enjoyed Battletech before, but to be completely honest, it was getting a little boring. I needed a challenge, and... Uh, BEX certainly provides that challenge Um, aside from that um, I was playing Streets of Rage 3 or excuse me Streets of Rage 4 and I follow a couple of people on Twitch who are Streets of Rage 4 streamers and you know I picked up some really good tips and some really good strategies you know for playing the game and I'm having fun there um Let's see, what else I've been playing? Oh, I got back into New World. I started another character, and I'm having a little bit more fun with this character. Um not that the first character I made was bad, but I'm having a little more fun with this one. Um let's see, what else? Um yeah, playing New World, uh playing um I started just before I record started hit record the record button. I started uh, messing around with Star Trek Online again, and yeah, um, you know, I was just going through it and checking stuff out, and you know, I'm going to probably get back into it, so, I mean, I've got a lot going on, so to speak, gaming-wise, let's see, I found out there's a, oh, yeah, I, oh, that's right, Uh, full disclosure, on my birthday, I went up to um, Bay City, and I went to Crazy Quarters Arcade. And, you know, I, you know, I went up there and, you know, it was a decent time, but I was really pressed for time because I had to work that Sunday, you know, so I had to turn around. I was only up there for maybe like an hour and a half, two hours before I had to turn around, come back. Um, I did stay long enough and, you know, scope the place out for a rundown and review. So that's coming in a future episode. So stay tuned. Um, Also, there's another place in Lowell, Michigan, which is... Oh, I want to say, I'd say probably about two thirds of the way, three quarters of the way between where I'm located in Ann Arbor and Lansing, Michigan. And it's right off of, um, it's right off of um, uh, Grand River Avenue, uh, which basically connects the cities of Detroit and Grand Rapids. You know, across the entire width of the state. Editor's note. As it turns out, I did a little more research into the location of Retro Electric Arcade, and it's in Lowell, Michigan, which is more or less a suburb of Grand Rapids, about maybe 10 minutes uh, east of there. So disregard the previous statement. Carry on. So I'm going to go up there. I'm thinking I'm going to go up there New Year's Day. I wanted to go up there the day after, but unfortunately I'm on call for the hospital, and that means I basically have to sit around the house and you know either wait for the call for me to come in or just you know basically get paid like what is it like half of my yeah half of my my earning salary for that day to just you know sit around the house and do nothing so i haven't been called in when i've been on call yet but there's a first time for everything and that's going to be the day after new year so you know it, there might be some shenanigans going on, as is typical for uh, the immediate aftermath from a uh, national holiday, especially New Year's. So, we'll, we'll see. Um, aside from that, yeah, I've just been playing the games where I can and when I felt up to it. I mean, now that I'm back to normal, more or less, you know, I'm just, you know, doing what I normally do. And, you know, we'll just keep on, keep on keeping on. So, uh, actually, now that I think about it, I have a voicemail. And it is from Mike Stewart, who is the uh, most consistent contributor to the show. Um, And I had, you know, I've, of course, been, you know, seeing seeing his posts on uh, uh, Facebook and whatnot and... You know, basically he's like, Oh, I don't wanna bug you. I'm like, please bug me. <laughs> I haven't had an email to read or a voicemail to read in months. Please bug me. So he actually did. So I'm gonna play it for you right now. Let's see what Mike has to say.
1: Hey Brian, it's DM Mike. Hope you're feeling better. Just wanted to touch base on the show. I noticed uh started listening to your latest episode. And you asked for some suggestions on games to cover, and I got to thinking about it. And apologies if you've already covered these and I've just forgotten it. You have done 47 episodes. Anyway, uh, the three games I'd really like covered at, that I always enjoyed while playing when I was a teenager was Battlezone, um, Dragon's Lair, although saying I enjoyed that may be a bit of a stretch, but it nice nice graphics anyway. Um, There was an off-road game that kind of had a three-dimensional, I think it was called Off-Road, with big uh, monster trucks on uh, kind of dirt rallies. And the last one, my favorite, that almost nobody talks about is GORF, kind of the video game that was really like three or four different sub-video games in the same game. Anyway, hope things are well. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Um, Let's see. Um, Battlezone is actually coming. Let me take a look at my show notes real quick because I know that's coming soon. Um, That is coming up actually in episode 52. I'm going to be doing a uh, rundown, or excuse me, a uh, are you experienced and uh, time for some strategy for uh, Battlezone. That's definitely coming. Uh, let's see... Uh, Gorf, I did in episode 40. I gave it the full treatment. Um, did I ever do... Did I ever do Dragon's Lair? If I didn't do Dragon's Lair... Oh my goodness, I am so remiss. Okay, I can do that. No problem. No problem whatsoever. Um, okay. I can certainly do that. Um, I do have sets of games to for are you experienced and some for uh uh time for some strategy i have those pretty much set all the way through episode 68 so i'm going to put it on the list i'm a little embarrassed that i didn't put it on the list and i should have but yeah so i'll put dragon's lair on there and you know what for episodes that'll be episode 69 so that's going to be in the far future but i will get to it i will promise you that um let me see looking at the voicemails oh the 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 game you're thinking of uh that had them the there are actually two games that had the monster truck the monster trucks um, but you said dirt rally, so that immediately makes me think of Ivan, Su- Ivan Stewart's Super Off Road. I, you know what? I'll put that in. I'll put that in as well. I mean, I was never good at it, so I can't put a, uh, I can't give it a uh, tie for some strategy treatment. But I can certainly put it put it on the list. I mean, that actually is a good idea. And then, uh, speaking of that. Um, When I went up to Crazy Quarters Arcade, they actually had the sequel to it, which was Danny Sullivan's, um, I forget what it's called, but it's basically IndyCar Racing. You know, it's more or less on the same plan that uh, Super Sprint was for the arcades when that was put out in 1985, you know, but um, it's got a little got a little bit more going on. You can actually do pit stops and stuff to fix your car. So, yeah, I will definitely put um, Ivan Stewart's uh, Super Off-Road on there. I'm typing it in as we speak. So, yeah, I mean, sure, I will certainly take care of that, Mike. I'm just a little embarrassed that I haven't gotten to Dragon's Lair yet. And I'm looking at my... Uh, list of games from this game, this episode, which is 48, going all the way down now into episode 70. So yeah, I will certainly get take care of that for sure. So I really appreciate your voicemail, Mike. Please, by all means, keep them coming. And like Mike, you can also uh, email the show uh, if you want game, you know, games for me to give the time or excuse me. um the partial are you experienced treatment or if I'm of uh, versed in the game I can give it the time for some strategy treatment also so uh, if you have any games that you would like covered like Mike asked for you can get a hold of me arcade at, Brian at gmail.com also there is a voicemail for or excuse me a number for voicemails yeah I'm a little rusty folks you're gonna have to bear with me <laughs> I haven't recorded an episode in, th- in three weeks or so so yeah i'm a little out of it um yeah so if you want to leave a voicemail like mike did you just give me a call at area code 734-743-2433 also uh social media is ongoing as we speak Uh, i'm on facebook instagram twitter and tumblr um facebook and instagram are the two uh most common areas where i uh, look to see you know look to see what's going on uh, there are a bunch of people who I follow especially on Instagram who are who people who run arcades that's how I found out about that arcade in Lowell um, and a lot of people who play games have games in their houses uh, repair games and so on and so forth I mean and they're following me I'm following them It's turning out to be a nice little uh, symbiosis if you will. Um, On Facebook, just uh, run a search for Confessions of an Arcade Addict. It'll take you right to the page. Uh, There is a discussion uh, group that goes along with that. I've uh, posted uh, some questions. I have a list of questions that I'm going to be posting there. So, So come back and check that out, like, say, once a week or so, or maybe once every other week. And, you know, I have questions about you know, what your favorite game is, what game you are terrible at, and so on and so forth. I, like I said, I have a list of questions, and I'm basically doing this to kind of drive conversation because I want some interaction. So, yeah. Um, on Instagram, as a matter of fact, I'm going to repost that question to Instagram as well. I, <laughs> As you can tell, I'm still a bit of a podcasting amateur, even though I've been doing this for 11 years. Um at, on Instagram, it is at Brian. On Twitter, it is ArcadeAddict underscore B, and Tumblr is Tumblr.com slash block slash Confessions of an Arcade Addict. So, once again, multiple ways of getting hold of the show, and I am trying to engage you guys out there, so I would really appreciate some reciprocation, if you will. Okay, so with all of that out of the way, let's get right on to the show. I've got a little bit here to talk about plus an on the road segment at the end so let's get right on to what we're talking about today and we're going to start it off with story time
1: our bodies are given life from the midst of nothingness existing where there is nothing is the meaning of the phrase form is emptiness that all things are provided for by nothingness as the meaning of the phrase "emptiness is warm." One should not think that these are two separate things.
0: Story time, day one, getting out of town. Okay, I'll start the segment off with this statement and st- sentence. I should have known better. <laughs> okay, uh, my original plan was for leaving the Ann Arbor area at one uh, o'clock p.m. Uh, And because of delays, I didn't actually get onto the highway until well after three. Um, I knew since this was the fourth, excuse me, this was Labor Day weekend, I knew that getting out of town was going to be a challenge, but I miscalculated in a big way, as you probably heard in the On the Road segment from the previous episode. Um, But it literally took me two hours to get out of the Ann Arbor area. I had to sit, sit in traffic, take back roads, plot and replot and replot my route, and try really hard not to second guess myself when I was doing it. I mean, I knew traffic was gonna be bad, but I seriously understated or excuse me, underestimated how bad it was really gonna be. Um, I had forgotten that on the west side of town on Interstate ninety four there was a major construction project going on and stupid me, I drove right into it. Um, if I had to do it over again, I would have driven north to Brighton, gotten onto I ninety six westbound, and driven all the way to one uh, one ninety six, which is west of Grand Rapids, which goes pretty much south. North runs north south along the west side of the state, you know, pretty much uh, paralleling uh, the shores of Lake Michigan. Uh, then I would have headed south to link back up with I ninety four and continued west. Um, but I will say that sometimes I can overthink things, and I was pretty sure that no matter which way I went, I was going to get stuck in traffic somewhere. That's just how it was. Um, Okay. Uh, Once I got out of the area, uh, traffic thinned out, and I was able to move along at highway speeds for about two hours. Um, You guys uh, heard in the previous episode of the On the Road segment talking about that. That's, That's when I recorded it. Once uh, I got out of the area and I was able to move along at highway speeds and not worry about rear-ending somebody or someone running into me, as you kind of worry about a little with bumper-to-bumper traffic that's barely moving. Um, as you know, as I went along, um, you know everything was going well enough until I crossed over into Indiana, and considering that, basically, for those who don't know. There's like I want to say like this 10 mile or 12 mile something or 15 mile swatch of uh, the state the northwestern tip of Indiana that basically separates the state of Michigan and the state of Illinois. You in I 95 or excuse me I 94 goes right through it, so you have to drive that. Um, and you know there are a couple of major highways that are running north south through Indiana, but once i crossed over across the state line and got into indiana um traffic decided to you know traffic pretty much started getting more congested but i expected that and i just basically just got through it and headed into chicago um took interstate 294 to take the most direct route to my hotel which was near uh, o'hare airport um I shouldn't have done that in retrospect, even though if I'd stayed on I-94, which basically takes you right through midtown Chicago, um, and the traffic is horrendous going through there, which is why I decided to go the long way around. But, you know, I could have, I probably could have gone that way, but I kind of figured traffic was going to be really, really bad going into town. So I just got on 294 and just basically circumvented the west side of, you know, the west side of the uh, greater Chicagoland area and got to my, and got to uh, my hotel. Um, I did not get there and check in until 930 local time, which is actually 1030, uh, you know, 1030 uh, Eastern Standard Time. So that means that more or less that I was on the road for pretty much almost seven hours. (laughs) It, yeah, it was bad. Uh, I planned on taking a little bit of time to get settled, maybe even take a short nap, get something to eat, and maybe hit an arcade before going to bed for the night. But by the time I got to my hotel room, I was just done. <laughs> you know, it was a really rough drive, so I just said, "Okay, I'm just I will go out and get something to eat, but I'm just gonna come back to the hotel." and get some sleep, because I really needed it at that point. I was really tired, I felt really out of it, because it's been a while since I've driven that long, even though long distance drives usually didn't bother me, but you know, (laughs) I'm no young spring chicken anymore, so yeah, (laughs) you know, apparently that's a change in my life that I've got to take note of. Um, so yeah, I did go, where did I go to eat? Um... I think it was TGI Fridays, because they're, they're, of course, being right near uh, O'Hare Airport. Um, most of the major restaurant chains are right there. So, you know, I just hit TGI Fridays because they're the ones who are still open. By the time, you know, I got back in my car and headed over there, I think the other two places closed at like 11 o'clock, and I wasn't going to try to get something from another place at last minute. So, you know, I just hit TGI Fridays, got something to eat. Um, and just came right back to the hotel, came back to my hotel room, changed into my sleeping clothes, and proceeded to pass out. <laughs> that's just kind of how it was. I think I made, maybe I spent about 20 minutes kind of working on my itinerary as to what I was going to do over the weekend. But you know, after about 20 minutes, I was just, my eyes were starting to, to drift shut. And usually when that happens, that's just a, um, That's just a telltale sign that, yeah, I need to get my butt in bed and go to sleep. So that's pretty much what I did. Um, I do have to, I should inform you guys that during this time, I was having a lot of trouble sleeping the night through, no matter how tired I was. So I found I woke up a couple of times during the night. Um, But I was still optimistic about Saturday and everything I had planned. And I was looking very much forward to it. And uh, that's where uh, day one pretty much concludes. Um, I will, of course, go right into story time for day two in episode 49, so stay tuned for that. Okay, with that done, let's move right along to Arcade Rundown.
1: Good morning, Mr. Phelps. Your mission, Jim, should you decide to accept it is to make Stefan believe Thompson's information. As always, should you or any of your IM force be caught or killed, the Secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This tape will self destruct in five seconds. Good luck, Jim.
0: Arcade Rundown, Loken Arcade, Chicago, Illinois. Um, after waking you no know, this is, now this is on Saturday uh, evening. Just to let you guys know. This is going to jump around a little bit, you know, So just to warn you guys, but yeah. Um, I did talk about Galloping Ghost uh, in the previous episode, so this is a continuation from that. Um, I basically had spent all day at Galloping Ghost, and by the time, oh goodness, what time did I leave? I think I left about, I think I left Galloping Ghost probably about 6 or 630 and by that time, I was tired, so I basically just got in my car and, you know, drove back to my hotel and took a nap because, yeah, I needed it. So um, so this is where this, where this rundown picks up from. Uh, after waking up from the nap, I decided to take, after spending the majority of the afternoon at Galloping Ghost on Saturday and then going out and getting dinner, I decided to head into town and hit three places I'd heard so much about, and Logan's Arcade was the first one on the list. I have to admit, even though it's a stone's throw away from Interstate 94, I had difficulty finding it, even with the assistance of Google Maps. Once I did, it took me another ten or fifteen minutes to find a parking spot close enough to the building. Even then, knowing where it was, I almost literally walked right by the place. I have to admit, Logan is a Logan is stealth. <laughs> it really is. Um, upon entering the place and after showing my ID and VAX card, I began to relax immediately. The vibe was excellent. Uh, people were playing games and chilling out at the bar. The staff was handling their business and just standing there right by the front door and just taking, you know, inventory of the place. You know, I kind of I got a really good feeling about it. Uh, I then. Went, got some quarters, and I moved from machine to machine and played them. Uh, And I marveled at this row of old uh, phone booths that Logan repurposed into little gaming nooks. And they had each one had home consoles and TVs in them. And, um, you know, that was pretty cool because you could actually play some games without actually spending any money if you didn't have any. So that was pretty awesome. Um,. And after a little while, I just kind of posted up, you know, uh, posted up somewhere and did a little people watching and I played some pinball, you know, while I was doing, while, you know, I was just moving around the place and, you know, checking how, wh- you know, what was going on and things like that. It was really nice. I really liked it. Um, even in the post pandemic time where places like this were just reopening, but had mask and uh, vaccination card restrictions, it was still really chill in there. Um, I wish I had a place like this around me, but now that I think about it, perhaps uh, Bob Cabani slash Keystone Bar and Arcade might have that kind of atmosphere. I'm going to have to go there on a Sunday evening just to see, you know, what the vibe was. Uh, and not to mention all the other barcades in the Detroit area I still have to visit. Um, I'll be surprised if any of these places can match the community vibe that Logan has. Um, Needless to say, Logan was a great experience, and if I did not have two more stops to make on that Saturday night, I would have been happy just chilling out here for the entire evening before going back to to my hotel. Um, I think I spent about two hours here before I got my car and headed to the next spot, which was Emporium and that's Arcade Rundown for Logan Arcade Um, when I got back I immediately um, because I followed them on Instagram I did tell them that I had an excellent time in there and I really really liked the place you know because yeah they deserve to hear it they deserve to hear that if you have a really good experience in a place you know bar arcade barcade restaurant whatever if you can tell them that you had a good experience at their place tell them by all means tell them it makes a world of difference you know i can say you know i can say that you know because i work in an arcade and when a customer is leaving the place and he and they're telling me about how much of a good time they had playing the games yeah that that makes me feel good because you know i take pride in my job So yeah, I mean, by all means, you know, you have a good experience somewhere, let the staff know about it, whether you tell a server when you're there, or, you know, you uh, send an email or a positive review on a review site like Yelp or something like that. It makes a lot of difference. It really does. Okay, so that's uh, Arcade Rundown for this episode. So we're going to immediately swing into Are You Experienced?
1: I'm too old for this. Hiding in front seats like a teenager. Oh, I think I'm getting too old for this stuff. I'm getting too old for this. Listen,
0: you was born too old for this.
1: I'm getting too old for this. I'm getting too old for this lying red-arsed in the heather, chasing other men's cattle. I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. Maybe you're getting too old for this. What do you think, huh? I'm not too old for this I'm not too old for this You will deny it. We're not too old for this shit. We're not too old for this like shit. We're not too old for I'm this shit like you believe. We're not too old for this shit. we not too
0: old for this I'm not going to buy a hemorrhoid cookie. We're not too old for this shit. Are you experienced? Turbo. Okay. So this was one of my favorite driving games of all time. And... You know, I've said that about several games that I've talked about, and I will say it about several other games in future episodes, but it's the truth. You know, there's nothing I can say about this game that, you know, is false. So, you know, let's get right into it. Um, Okay, taking directly from Wikipedia once again. Turbo is an arcade racing game released in 1981 by Sega. Designed and coded by Steve Hanawa... Uh, the game received, received positive reviews upon release with praise for its challenging and realistic gameplay for its time, three-dimensional full-color graphics with changing scenery, and sick de- uh, cockpit sit-down arcade cabinet replicating a race car. It became a commercial success, topping the monthly Playmeter Arcade Charts in North America and ranking highly on the Game Machine Arcade Charts in Japan. The game was manufactured in three formats, Standard Upright, Cabaret Mini, and a seated environmental cockpit. Uh, all three versions feature a steering wheel, a gear shift for low and high gears, and an accelerator pedal. The screen is a vertically oriented 20-inch raster display. In addition to the on-screen display, Turbo features an LED panel to the left of the screen that displays the current player score and the high score table, which. You know, that's that's a sequel from Monaco GP. I'm surprised the person who posted this information didn't at least acknowledge that. Okay. Uh, Turbo also features lighted oil and temperature gauges on either side of the steering wheel. Uh, Turbo was ported to the ColecoVision and Intellivision home consoles. Uh, gameplay. Turbo requires the player to navigate a road race through different urban and rural locations, through differing weather conditions, and during changing times of the day. Uh, The cars in the game resemble Formula 1 race cars. Uh, In order to proceed, the player must pass and stay ahead of at least 30 competing cars before time expires. Some opponents drive predictively, while others swerve across the road suddenly. In the first round, the player has unlimited lives. Collisions with other vehicles will return the player's card to the bottom of the current screen, which is a nod to its predecessor, Monaco GP, because that's exactly what would happen. Um, In subsequent rounds, the player is limited to two lives, one one on the screen playing and the other in reserve, and awarded an additional life up to a total of four in reserve for each completed round. In addition to the competing racers, an ambulance occasionally comes along from behind and overtakes the player. They must be avoided as contact with them will cause the player to lose a life. The game will be over when all the player's lives are gone, in addition to the time expired before reaching 30 past cars. Uh, Let's go on to the development. Uh, Turbo was designed and coded by Steve Hanawa. In an interview, Hanawa stated that despite the, its historical significance as a precedent-setting racing video game, he considers the process of creating to be his worst development experience at Sega. Wow. Uh, develop of Turbo required such a difficult and protracted schedule of coding and debugging that he was hospitalized for a month following its completion due to stress, exhaustion, and a spontaneously collapsed lung holy crap <laughs> wow i mean sh- i i kind of get what he means because yeah i mean if i went through something like that yeah i wouldn't see the that wouldn't see the uh process to be a positive thing either Jeez, poor steve that sucks okay moving on to the reception um, in the United States turbo was the top grossing arcade game on the play meter arcade charts in May 1982 taking the spot from Donkey Kong that should tell you how good how popular that game was right there even though Donkey Kong had been uh, you know been in existence for close to a year at this point if not more than. so yeah I mean even though that's still impressive. Um, in Japan, Game Machine listed Turbo as the 18th highest-grossing arcade video game of 1981 tied with Defender and Galaxian, and then the 19th highest-grossing arcade video game of 1982. Game Machine later listed Turbo in their June 1, 1983 issue as the 5th top-grossing upright cockpit arcade unit of the month. Uh, the arcade game received highly positive reviews upon release. In January 1982, Cash Brosh Magazine called it a, quote, challenging and colorful game, end quote, while praising the realistic three-dimensional full-color imagery which allows drivers to experience the sensation and thrill of being in the thick of a Grand Prix action, end quote, as well as the excellent sound systems. Daniel Cohen, in his book Video Games, called it a brilliant new driving game, providing A, quote, challenging and remarkably realistic experience, end quote, with praise for the cockpit cabinet that replicates the sit-down feel and controls of a real car, and the graphics which has changing scenery during the day, night, city highway, oceanside curve, tunnels, twisting roads, and icy roads. In June 1982, Computer and Video Games magazine praised the, uh, quote, realism, controls, marvelous graphical capabilities, end quote, and the, quote, variety of backgrounds and racing conditions on the screen, end quote. In early 1983, Turbo was reviewed by Video Magazine in its Arcade Alley column where it was hailed as, quote, the king of the video road, end quote. The ColecoVision version was praised for the effort that had gone into replicating the visuals of the original arcade version, with reviewers making special note of the varied, non-repetitive backgrounds that entice players to play in order to see never-before-seen play scenes. Uh, Reviewers also commented favorably on the realism-enhancing use of the steering wheel, gas pedal, and gear shift peripherals. I've played the ColecoVision of Turbo, and I would say that probably short of Donkey Kong, that's the best arcade translation that was ever made for that system. Um, It also had... Like it said, like it just said, it had an actual battery-operated steering wheel and um, gas pedal that you had to use for the game. So, yeah, you know, it was it was a real experience to play. I think, I'm trying to remember, there's somebody I knew, I think it was my mom's friend's son, Travis, that had Turbo. Uh, that I think that was the only person I knew who had it, aside from playing it the Video Connection when I could convince them to hook it up. <laughs> okay, so let's see. To continue, uh, Arcade Express reviewed the ColecoVision version in January 1983 and scored it a perfect 10 out of 10, remarking that the, quote, king of the coin up driving games arrives in the home market, end quote. They stated that while it isn't, quote, as graphically arresting as the arcade version, end quote, it, quote, comes reasonably close to matching the multi-scenario brilliance, end quote, and the, quote, special control panel lifts this cartridge to greatness, end quote. I can't disagree with any of that. You know, I've played it myself, and like I said, it's the best, probably, yeah, probably, if not the best, it's certainly second best behind Donkey Kong as far as arcade translations go. Okay, moving on to the Legacy. Um, An Atari 26- by Coleco was in development and advertised by Coleco but it was never completed due in part to lead programmer Michael Green having been struck and seriously injured by a drunk driver while riding a bicycle Whew, that sucks um, the prototype estimated to be about 80% complete was found by another Coleco programmer Anthony Henderson in his aunt attic in 2006 and also a turbo board game was released by Milton Bradley in 1983 and that's pretty much the information there um my experiences with it this game was the absolute rage in 1981 uh the bridgeport train station had it milford rack had it and one other place that i cannot remember had it it was more than a worthy successor to its progenitor monaco gp it was challenging to the point of being unfair at times but it was so much fun that i it almost didn't matter the first time I saw an environmental cabinet of Turbo was in Petersburg, Virginia, where there was a small downtown arcade that had one. I remember a local kid showing me that the lock on the back of the machine was broken so you could actually go into the machine, risking electrocution of course, and flick the coin slot lever and get free credits with us both being 12- and 13-year-old kids and having zero restraint, and God only knows we didn't, we would do it until the proprietor caught us one day and banned us from the place. I would not see another turbo machine until uh, the arcade in Brighton put one on the floor. Uh, I want to say it was, like, what, two years ago? At this point? I think it was, like, two years ago, like, 2019 before the world went to hell. Actually, I think maybe even 2018. Um... But uh, it wasn't working correctly until uh, our tech, Travis, got to it and fixed it. Um, I think I said something about that in a previous On the Road segment. I did not see another environmental cabinet until I went to the Underground Retrocade right right alongside its progenitor, Monaco GP, which blew my mind. More on that in, a few, in an upcoming episode, promise. Um, This game was pretty much the main inspiration for Enduro for the Atari 2600, which came out the following year in 1982. Um, It's a hard game, make no mistake, but this was just another example in a long line that shows that Sega definitely knows how to make racing games. One of the latest, Sega GT, which was made in 2019, is an excellent driving game imported directly from Japan, which is sitting on the floor of the arcade in Brighton. You know, it's right across from the front desk, so I'm looking at it constantly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our experience for Turbo. Um, if you've had any experiences with this game, um, please get a hold of me. ArcadeAddictBrian at gmail.com. Okay, so let's turn right around and uh, let's go into arcade review. Ghost Arcade and Pinball Arcade, Brookfield, Illinois. Okay, once again, uh, I review an arcade uh, by f- uh, five criteria location, selection, ambiance, functionality, and value. Location where is it? Is it easy to get to? Is there plenty of parking? Is it easy to spot from the road? Or do you have to keep an eye out for it? Things like that. Selection. Um, pretty much self-explanatory uh, how many games do they have uh, what's the cross section like are they leaning on one particular area of video games or do they have a nice wide selection uh, in the machines that they have um, some machines some games can only have like a few machines um, but they rotate games in and out uh, really you know, say like every three months or so uh, which that actually gives me uh, actually has me rate it a little higher because they're altering their selection, you know, every so often, um, or like this arc the arcade I'm about to review could have just a massive selection, you know, and it represents pretty much every era of video games from the 1970s all the way up to the current day. Um, Ambiance, uh, let's see, are is. Are there other things in the place to draw the eye, or you know, or provide a, a better experience than just the games themselves? Is there artwork around? Um, do they have back glasses on the wall? You know, is there? Are there pictures? Is there music playing? Um, all these kind of different things to, you know, help with the immersion when you're in an arcade. You know, if you're of an age of with me, you know you know what i'm talking about because you know there can be a place that has a good selection of games but it's just you know bare bones it's all business and that lowers the ambiance, in my opinion um is this is the uh staff helpful and friendly you know do they help you with uh you know any issues you might have with a machine you know or do they not care i've experienced both ends of that spectrum that's for sure uh functionality fairly self-explanatory do the games work do they work well um you know do they you know is you know do they look like really nice machines you know or and they play bad or is it the other way around do they look like they've been you know through you know through the ringer a little bit but they play perfectly i've seen both those kind of machines um You know, if a machine goes down, how long does it take for it to get fixed? And things like that. And finally, value. Um, Does it run... Is the place run on quarters? Do they run on tokens? Do they, you know, use the free play option where you pay one fee and you can play as long as you want? You know, which is, like, the highest value, in my opinion. Um, So, you know, things along those lines. I mean, is there, like, a... A restaurant or a bar is a part of a bar, or is there a restaurant attached to it? Those kind of things drive up the value rating because there's more you know for you to spend your money on than just the games themselves. So, you each one of these uh, criteria are rated 1 to 10 with half points coming into play. Uh, and you add all the scores up and average them out by five and you come up with a final score. So let's get right into it. Okay, location. I give that a seven. Uh, Galloping Ghost is located on Ogden Avenue, which is also known as, uh, U.S. Highway 34, which is the main drag through town. Uh, Interstate 294 is about ten minutes away to the west which is one of the major highways that links up with several others in the Chicagoland area. It is centrally located and fairly easy to find. The pinball arcade is four blocks east of the main arcade, which is a fairly easy walk. There is pretty decent parking on the west side of the building. Uh, Selection. (laughs) Of course, I'm going to give it a 10. (laughs) If I could have given this place a 12 or even 13 rating for its selection, I would. This place is the world's biggest arcade for a reason. There are hundreds of machines here spread out over four wings of the building. And as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, um, if I understood Doc Mac correctly from watching a, uh, game reveal stream he did like a week ago, uh, I think they're going to be adding on another wing to the building. (laughs) So yeah, they are just, they're just going and going and going and will not stop. Um, Let's see, so yeah, they have games I haven't seen since my Mall Rat Arcade Junkie days of the late 70s, early 80s, and a ton of machines I've never even seen before. Uh, it's really impressive. There are several machines that have multiple games in them, but it's not egregious or deceptive. And, of course, they have a massive selection of uh, Neo, mach- Neo Geo uh, machines, which have, on average, four uh, games in them. So yeah, that drives the number up, but that's the way the Neo Machine, Neo Geo machines were designed. So I don't dock them for that. Uh, the pinball arcade has a good mix of classic and newer machines, including a Space Invaders in uh, very good working condition, but not as many pinball machines as I thought there would be. You know, uh, I remember when Jack Danger did a stream from Galloping Ghost Pinball Arcade, and there were more machines in there back when he did it, but that was, oh goodness, what, three years ago, maybe four? It was somewhere in there, but I do remember it, and when I went there, I was fully expecting a lot more uh, pinball machines than they had, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, uh, ambiance, I give that a six. Um, There are some things to look at aside from the games, especially at the front desk, but not a whole lot. Uh, The cacophony of games would drown out any music they decided to play, so it's understandable why they don't have any music going. Uh, The games are the stars of the show here, and that's a fact. Another interesting touch was the high score cards on top of every machine showing the world record on the game with the name of who set it and the date, and below it are three sets of scores set in the arcade with the same format. There were at least three machines where I could have put my name on the card with a high score, And actually, uh, I did, I just didn't say anything about it. Um, but I didn't want to go into hyper-competitive mode. I was there to have some fun and see what was going on and report it back here on the podcast. And yeah, when I get into that hyper-competitive mode, yeah. (laughs) Because there were, like I said, there were at least three machines that I could have put, um, a number one arcade score on. Uh, Mania Challenge being, uh being one of them. Actually, I could have done it for both me and Challenge and Map Mania now that I think about it, but I just didn't want to do that. That's not what I was there for. Um, To continue. Functionality, I give it a 5. The majority of games that I played work fairly well, but the score here is let down by the number of machines that are either partially functional or not functioning at all. Uh, Some examples were the intermittently working fire button on the Asteroids machine, the non-functioning uh, upwards control on the Robotron machine, and also the right directional on the stick for Kung Fu Master, just to name a few. Some of the games had loose and sloppy controls that needed to be tightened up. They also had a half row of Cinematronics vector games, such as Starhawk, which I had not seen in 30 years, Star Castle, and Armor Attack, and none of them were functioning. That part was a fairly large letdown, in all honesty. I mean, it's the same story for the Pinball Arcade. The amount of the machines that were down, including my, to my ultimate dismay, a Bride of Pinbot machine and a Baby Pac Man, which are two of my all time favorites, and that was a little bit unsettling. <laughs> and value, I'm going to give them an 8. Uh, they are the leaders of the free play movement as far as I'm concerned. It was $20 for admittance to, into the main arcade an additional $15 for the pinball arcade, but they would take $5 off the price if you paid for both upon entrance. So 30 bucks isn't a bad for the opportunity to play as many games as you want literally all day. And you have a receipt and they give you a receipt, which is good for that day. So you can leave, go get something to eat and come back. It's the same thing for what we do for the arcade in Brighton, but we use wristbands. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you value, they get a really high score there. Okay, you add those scores all together, and you average them out by five, and you come back with a total score of 7.2. Uh, back when I first started this podcast in 2018, and I made the decision to review arcades from my perspective as an arcade veteran, I made a vow to myself to be as honest as possible about what I saw, heard, and experienced. And I honestly have to say that Doc Mac and Company have some work to do here. Uh, the amount of partial and completely non-functional games is pretty disappointing. Uh, I had been told by people years and years ago uh, who lived in the, who live in the Chicago land area that uh, not a lot of, a lot of the games did not work well or didn't work at all. and I'm sad to say they weren't lying about that. Uh, Being an employee of an arcade myself and having a couple of conversations with our tech about how hard it is to keep 30 and 40 plus year old machines running and keeping them fully functional, especially with a completely broken shipping system due to the pandemic to get spare parts for the machines, I do understand the problem. As hard and as expensive as it would be for Doc, they definitely need more techs. Um, Despite my issues with the place, rest assured I had fun there, just not as much fun as I would have liked. And that's my review for Galloping Ghost. Uh, Anybody out there who lives in the Chicagoland area or who has visited Galloping Ghost recently and you have your opinions on this, hey, give them to me, positive, negative, or otherwise. ArcadeAddictBrian at gmail.com And finally, we're going to get on the road. Uh, This is uh, September 4th. This is pretty much the uh, recordings that I did for uh, On My Way To and Leaving Galloping Ghost. And also the recordings I did for Logan Arcade, um, The Emporium, and, um, and Replay Barcade. So... These are pretty much, like I said, these are pretty much my reactions and thoughts in the moment, before and after. So sit back and take a good listen, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Folks, Brian here and this is on the road, episode number two of my Chicago trip. I'm just leaving my hotel room. Hang on a second, I gotta get my card out. Okay, there we go. Just had to get my hotel card my room card and get on out of the parking lot um i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take the streets down to galloping ghost even though it's gonna take me says 40 minutes to get down there but eh, whatever (laughs) i'm not on any sort of time crunch um, so yeah, um, just left my hotel room and I'm on the road to go to Galloping Ghost. Um, there's a, there, the 12 year old inside me is very, very, very excited and it's only going to be more so the closer I actually get to the place. <laughs> yeah. Cause... I don't want to f- sound dramatic about it but this is a bucket list item for me ever since i knew this place existed uh, several years ago i always thought that i would never be able to get out here but with some financial stability dare i say uh, taking place over the last more or less year you know you know, getting the stimulus getting my taxes being able to pay off some bills being able to get uh, a better loan and things like that and just making sure the bills are paid and all this other stuff um yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and quite honestly, you know, it's like I said in episode one, this is something I need for me, this is something I need for my own sanity, if you will, my own emotional stability, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking very much forward to this, I may hit this McDonald's right here just to get something in my stomach. You know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. Because, yeah, I had chicken for dinner last night, so I can have red meat today. Um, So, yeah. um, Like I said, this is something that, you know, I want to do for me. And, you know, there's good selfish and bad selfish, like I said, in episode one. So... Yeah, I mean, I am so looking forward to this. This is going to be pretty damn awesome. All right, hold on, folks. I'm going to pause it here while I order. Okay, I'm back. All right, so, all right, so here's the plan. Uh, I don't know if... I just posted a video on Instagram. It should have posted by now, but if not, I can repost it a little later. I'll check my Instagram feed when I take a break at Galloping Ghost. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I couldn't be happier right now. I'm looking forward to this. You know, I mean, before I knew about Galloping Ghost, of course I knew about Fun Spot, which is in New Hampshire. And if I can if I can um, get to Connecticut uh, maybe in six months, six or eight months, probably after the winter's over, probably go up there in springtime if I can you know if I've got the funds to do it and I should. I'm going to go up to Connecticut and visit my family and, oops, okay. Huh. This is an interesting development. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, they got something going on here at the Civic Center. Okay. Um, so... So yeah, I'm going to. Oh, well, how about that? Huh. Bill Murray's uh, restaurant, Caddy Shack, is right over here. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. So anyway, um, so I want to go to Fun Spot, and I'm probably going to. take another holiday weekend probably if I can swing it Memorial Day and take another this time though (laughs) well I'm probably going to fly this time and get a rental car when I get to uh, Connecticut or mm, I'll have to figure it out I mean, whichever you know, whichever's least expensive, because where I plan on going, I don't—I'm not going to fly into New York, no way. Just not going to do it. So I'll either probably end up flying into Hartford, or I'm going to fly into um, Providence, Rhode Island. One of the two. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, so take one day, you know, visit family. Uh, take another day, uh, take another day or two for me and then take a day and go and take a drive up to New Hampshire and go to, a uh, fun spot. That's the plan. That's the idea. Um, so, you know, that's the plan for that. But as far as my plans here in Chicago, I mean, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Galloping Ghost today, Um, depending on how I'm feeling after I leave that place, because I'm probably going to (laughs) spend, at the very least, six hours in the place, maybe eight. You know, I mean, of course I'm going to have to pace myself as far as playing games goes, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm probably going to end up playing a whole bunch of games I haven't played in years, you know, because I'm pretty sure they've got almost every game that I've ever played in my video gaming life, including that one game that I've been looking for for like 30 years plus, ever since I played it at the news corner. So let's see. So I'm gonna do that. We'll see how I'm feeling after I get done. And because I'm thinking maybe, just maybe I'll hit one of the uh, spots uh, either like on the west west side of Chicago. I may go to like, I may even go to Logan. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. We'll see how I'm feeling. But yeah, if I'm up for it, then I'll take a trip over to either Emporium or Logan. Because I know they're both open late. I think... It's open till like 2 a.m. because it's a barcade. Or I think Emporium's open like that because it's a barcade, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's the plan for today. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking so much forward to this. I mean, I couldn't be happier right now. I mean, I know in my video I'm not smiling because, well, asleep You know, there ain't much to to smile about, and I just woke up uh, about an hour ago. Um, Unfortunately, I wanted to get up about 8.30, and I slept right through my alarm. Apparently, I was that tired, so I didn't end up getting up until well after 10, and now I'm on the road, and it's almost 12. You know, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's okay. I needed the rest I mean, the, like I said in episode one, the trip out here it was not pleasant at all, you know. And I'm not looking forward to the trip home because I'm pretty sure the traffic getting back into Ann Arbor is going to be as bad as all the traffic that was going out of and through Ann Arbor. <laughs> but, you know, this is these are the things that you deal with when you take a trip so you know but so anyway um so I'm gonna probably call it here I'm gonna eat my lunch while I'm heading down to Ogden Avenue to head over to uh Galloping Ghost and um you know take in the sights such as they are you know I'm driving through like a combination residential and industrial district right now and you know it's about what i expected (laughs) you know it's not like i'm expecting like the streets paved with gold and stuff like that but you know it's about what i expected so you know you got picnic areas you know but yeah along the i think it's called de De plenton delton Des Plaines River Road which I think parallels the river so it's all pretty much the same thing Um, so yeah I'm gonna call it here and I'll probably get back on uh, after after I call it a night and we'll just see how it goes from there so this is Brian saying have fun out there good gaming Stay safe, stay smart, au revoir. Hey folks, Brian once again, on the road, and it is now Saturday night. Just getting in my car, about to go up the block to get something to eat for dinner before I start my Saturday night in Chicago. I'm going to three places, Once I get done with dinner, because all three places are open until uh, 3 a.m., so I can kind of take my time a little bit. I mean, I don't plan on being out till 3 in the morning, but even so, I am going out. I am going to be out a little late, probably, I'd say probably about 1 o'clock or so, maybe a little later than that, but, you know, I'm not going to go crazy i mean i was thinking about doing four places but nah um i think i have the itinerary planned out in the right way um for tonight and for tonight and tomorrow um basically tonight i'm going to logan arcade emporium Oh, and I'm going to go to Replay in Lincoln Park. Those are the three places that I'm going to go to. So, I mean, this is going to be a short one. I mean, I'm probably going to just link all these together as I'm en route from one place to the other, so I'll probably come back after I leave uh, Logan, but also the other thing I have to do is uh, make sure to do my arcade review notes uh, while I'm en route, so uh, these little segments might be short by comparison but I'm not too concerned about it you guys know what it is you know you guys know how what I do and how I get down so you know I'll do the best I can and give you the most information that I can I mean of course all of the all of the people who live in Chicago who frequent these places I won't be telling them things that they don't already know But for everybody else, you know, this is just my take, you know, as an arcade junkie, you know, going to various places and seeing what's up, up, what kind of games they've got, you know, how they play, you know... And whether or not you get a good value for your money, all that kind of stuff. You know, you know how I do it. So, anyway, um, I'm just about to pull into the parking lot for where I'm going to dinner. And when I'm on my way to Logan, I'll hit you guys up. So, see, talk to you guys in a minute. Okay, it is Saturday. September 4th, 2021. The time is 10.50 p.m. Just leaving the Logans Arcade Bar. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Overall review of the place. I like it. I like it a lot. If I lived up here, I would be going there at least once a week. I mean... Everything is, like, spot on for a barcade. I mean, the games, the atmosphere, you know. It was really cool. I can understand why Jack goes to that place so much. Oh, let's see. You know, just, you know, just tons of back glasses and game art and... Had two movies going on screens. They had Better Off Dead on one, sc- one screen. Sat there and I, I stood there and watched the ending of it. I forgot how funny that movie is, even with the sound off. Um, so hold on, pause. Okay. So as I was saying, I love the atmosphere in that place. The funny part is I almost walked right by it. <laughs> I couldn't see it from the road. The only thing that I had difficulty with was finding a place to park, but I mean, this is a residential suburb of Chicago, if it's not Chicago proper, and yeah, parking is a little bit at a premium. I basically had to park around the corner, which was fine. I mean, it's a fairly decent neighborhood, it's only about a quarter of a mile from I-190, or I-90 actually, which is where you would go, you know, basically to go downtown so let's see where's the map, Alright, Milwaukee Avenue, half a mile left hand turn. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I really like it. I like it a lot. I can, I understand totally why Jack hangs out there as much as he used to. I mean, I don't, I don't know why he's not hanging out at these places anymore. You know, could be for a whole bunch of different reasons. I mean, I think, I think his, uh, his pinball studio is, like, somewhere in this neighborhood. I couldn't be, I wouldn't be able to find it because, you know, I'm not, wow, that's a nice building right there. Um, wouldn't know where, you know, where to look pretty much. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, I like this neighborhood. It's really nice. I mean, you know, for a city neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, sh- yeah, this, this neighborhood's pretty pretty jumping, actually. I mean, it's a mixture of old and new. I mean, I'm looking right now at the corner I'm at, this uh, candy shop called Margie's Candies, and it's obvious this building has been around... That, that store has been around for a while. At least 20 years, if not longer, considering the font they used for the neon signs and stuff. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I really like this neighborhood, you know, it gives me a good vibe. I mean, of course it's a suburb of freaking Chicago, so, you know, it is what it is, but I mean, I see people walking the streets at night. I mean, here it is, it's almost 11 o'clock at night and, you know, I see people walking the streets, so yeah, it's not too bad of a neighborhood. Not too bad of a neighborhood. Um, Like I said, I mean, the atmosphere in Logan was awesome. I mean, that's exactly what a barcade should be. 100%. You know. That's exactly what a barcade should be. I mean, drink specials. You know, you can order food. Because I saw somebody got something from the Domino's pizza place across the street um you know uh you know the all the back glasses all of the um video game art and all of the you know I mean it's just that they the atmosphere you know the the ambiance it you know I put right around a nine you know the ambiance was great I mean just a great vibe being in there I mean pfft. You know, the drunk people freaking, the drunk people kind of, you know, you know, was ruining it a little bit. So, I mean, you know, aside, but that's going to happen. It's a Saturday night. It's a bar. People are going to get, people are going to get drunk. People are going to slam on the machines, you know. I mean, another cool thing they had, they had these little booths that had one had an Atari 2600 in it one had a Genesis in it one has Super Nintendo in it and I'm not sure about the last one because I didn't you know they were kind of dark in there I was looking I was looking otherwise so I didn't look too closely and I should have but I mean that place that place is doing it right I mean they give you stuff that you can play for free seven tenths of a mile on the right okay cool so I gotta find a place to park here in a minute. Um, you know, like I said, they're they're doing it right. It's it's really cool. You know, you know, just the the music playing. They had like alternative rock playing. I think they playing. They, I think they played some Alice and Chains in there. You know. So yeah, I like it. Wow, it's busy up here on Saturday night. Look at this. Okay, guys are going to stand on the corner. Alright, I tried to be nice. Two-tenths of a mile. Alright, now i got f- to see about a place to park somewhere. Oh, there's a parking spot right there. I should have taken it. I mean, I am not a big fan of parallel parking. I'm just not. Yeah, someone's directly behind me. Get in there? I think I can get in there. I think so. Maybe. Hush, hush, hush. No, I'm not going to be able to get in there. Yeah, it's not. It's too tight. Too tight. Shouldn't have done it. All right, I'll pull up. Oh, here's a spot. Okay, cool. I'll just pull it right here. Yeah, I'm well well within the lines. Okay, cool. Landing gear down, engine off. I am now over at the Emporium, and I'm gonna see what this place is about. Okay, it is Saturday. September 4th, 2021. The time is 11.40 p.m. Just leaving the Emporium and getting back to my car so I can head to my last stop of the night. The Emporium's not a bad place. It's just a bar with a DJ playing the latest dance tunes. I mean, it's not quite for me. It's just not. <laughs> you know, the selection was okay, it didn't have a lot of games, it only had like, I wanna say, 20 games or something like that, but, you know, it was okay, not, not bad, just, if I was 20, it would be better, or if I was 25, I mean, it's not exactly made for a 52-year-old man, that's just the truth. So, I mean, not bad. I mean, like I said, it's just more for, for people to get together and drink and dance and have fun than it is, like, just to play video games. But Jack did recommend the place, so I'm in town, so I might as well check it out. So that's pretty much the wrap on the Emporium. Now I'm going to head to my last stop of the night, and then I'm going to call it a night. So catch you guys on the flip side. Okay. Sunday, September 5th, 2021. The time is 1.02 a.m. My rundown thoughts and review thoughts for replay arcade bar Uh, let's see not a bad spot it's sort of in the middle of Logan and Emporium you know same kind of concept bar with arcade games and TV screens playing various anime, which was actually kind of cool. Um, music was still a little too loud, although it's just me being old, I guess. So, but my ears are ringing right now as I'm heading out heading towards, uh, heading out of the neighborhood to get back to my hotel. Um, not a bad spot, really. Um, a good mix of games. It's pretty much, pretty much what was expected. Um, you know, just the normal stuff, nothing out of the ordinary um, I decided to check out the, uh, Tap Room, which is another bar, and I'm glad I did, because that one is 100% Marvel-themed, even to the point of having Marvel arcade games in there, like X-Men, X-Men versus Street Fighter, um... They had an old X-Men uh, pinball machine in there. It wasn't working, unfortunately. Um, what else did they have? And there were a couple of people in there who were dressed up for the occasion. One one guy was dressed up like Thor, and he he could be he needed a cycle, a couple cycles of steroids to fully pull it off. But he was tall enough. He was about I would say what six foot three blonde hair I mean he could pull off Thor you know he could definitely cosplay as Thor no problem he's six foot three blonde hair he was well built but he needed a cycle of steroids and then there, when I walked in there there was another guy who was dressed up as Loki and I think there was his girlfriend with him she was dressed up as female Loki so you know that was cool and you know So just for that alone, you know, I mean, the bar itself was, I, it wasn't like great, you know, it wasn't, you know, decked out, you know, any kind of special way, but for the Marvel themed tap room in the back, I give that a 7.5 just for that. (laughs) It was pretty cool actually. Um... Let's see, functionality... Oh, I'll give it just slightly above average marks. I'll give it a 6. There were some games that were down. There were some games that didn't work 100% correctly. I had to struggle with the Tron machine, but the Galaga machine they had worked beautifully, and I just straight 9 it just for the hell of it. Um, So, yeah, I'll give it a 6.5 um value is strictly average um five everything ran on a quarter ran on quarters and was one quarter to play oh actually i take that back no 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 scratch that scratch that um i'll give it i'll give it an eight because uh all the machines were on free play now that now that i think about it jeez i'm tired I probably need a need a snack. Good thing I bought some snacks from the gas station earlier today, so I can have a snack and something to drink before I go to bed. Just don't drink the, oh gee. Oh no, that's right. I'll have to drink the apple juice. I can't drink the coke. I don't want to stay up any later than I'm already going to stay up. You know, it's fairly busy. I mean it was as, was not as busy as uh Emporium was. Emporium was was pretty packed. Oh geez. Let's see. Are we there? No, no, no. Further down, further down. Um, So, yeah, it was all right. It was pretty decent. It was pretty decent. You know, pretty decent experience, you know, and, you know, it was a pretty nice neighborhood once again, you know, you know, a lot of people walking around at night, you know, going to and from the bar and from other places, too. So, yeah, it was all right. It was pretty good. Pretty good experience. I mean, I liked it a lot. You know, I didn't like it as much as Logan. Now, nothing is going to top Logan because Logan was the perfect, perfect mix. The funny part is I'm, like, right near Logan right now, actually. I think if I went up. No, 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 no. Logan is actually down that way. I could go straight ahead and go back to Logan for a little while, but nah. Nah, I'm tired. I'm going to call it a night. <laughs> as tempted as I am. Um, but yeah, it was... It, that was a pretty decent experience. Like I said, it's in the middle of... In between the laid, more laid-back, chill uh, vibe Logan had and the sheer and utter... You know, 240 BPM chaos that uh, Emporium was. I mean, not a bad place, not a bad place at all. So yeah, I mean, if I lived in the neighborhood, yeah, I go there every you know, you know, every Saturday night for a couple of hours after Marcus Marcus got down to bed, for sure, absolutely. Um, so yeah, you know, not a bad night, not a bad night. I mean, I mean, shoot. Emporium was just too loud and too packed for me. I mean, it's not like I'm agoraphobic, but at the same time, it's like, it's just a little too crowded for me. And you know, the music was, you know, everything was for younger people. That's just how it is. That's just how it was. And you know, nothing wrong with that you know if they want it and they like it then you know quite honestly they're welcome to it no big deal all right so that's uh the Saturday night I hit three places had fun you know it was pretty a pretty decent vibe I mean the I loved Logan I just loved the overall vibe of the place although um replay comes close to that Like I said, if they just lowered the music just a little bit, it would have been much more effective, but, you know, they're trying to get people to shake their butts and buy drinks and, you know, be happy that they're able to go out at night rather than being locked up, you know, and, you know, know, being on lockdown in the pandemic, so I totally get it. Okay, so... That's it for tonight, and tomorrow is another day. This has been the Confessions of an Arcade Addict Podcast. All music has been provided by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. You can contact the show by email at arcadeaddictbryan at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 734 743 Until next time, you have been listening to the Confessions of the Arcade Addict podcast. See you then.